All right, what's going on, everyone? Hunter Doyle and Sanjay George here from Philly Insider Podcast. We've got an exciting break from discussing football team in the city. Um, so we're going to be talking about the NBA draft today. Obviously, the Sixers don't have too high of a pick, but there's some guys who we're both really excited about. We've got some variety. Um, we're doing five prospects that we would really like to see on the Sixers. So it's not necessarily the top five prospects we want for the Sixers. So, you know, obviously we're not going to have James Wiseman and Anthony Edwards up there and <laughs> guys like, you know, um, the top guys in the draft, but we're just looking at guys who we kind of like for them. Um, we kind of tried to mix it up a little bit, make, make our list a little bit different rather than just have it be like the same thing um, for all of us, kind of like our, our first video with the NFL mock draft. So um, we have a few of the same guys in there just because, you know, kind of just drive home the point that we're really interested in them. But overall, it's just kind of variety. Um, so, yeah, we're really excited. The Sixers have a, an intriguing season ahead with a new coach, a new coaching staff, and Daryl Morey in the front office. This will be um, either this or a trade in, or free agent signing in the next coming days will be his first move as uh, part of the Sixers front office. So it's very exciting. And yeah, so let me just pull up the PowerPoint for you guys. So as you guys can see, um, the Sixers have uh, five picks in the draft. They have the 21st pick in the first round, the 34th and 36th in the second round, and then the 49th and 58th in the second round. As you guys know, there's a lot of trades that end up happening on draft night. So anything could happen. We could trade up, we could trade back. We could not get a first round pick at all. And, you know, there's a bunch of stuff that could happen. We could trade for a starter on another team, you know, who knows what's going to happen, but we're just going to look at five guys who we kind of like and a sleeper pick as well. So Sanjay, why don't you start us off with your number five prospect, Isaiah Joe. All right. So man, Isaiah Joe, while I was reading through this guy's draft profile at first, I got to say there was a lot to love. Six, five, 180, wait a bit on the low side, but an explosive player. And this is the thing that really got me. And you're going to see this trend throughout most of my picks. And I don't know about yours, Hunter. I really look for three-point shooting because we cannot <laughs> have any more people who can't score the three. That yes. cannot happen, not again. So really, a bit, you'll see that trend throughout the rest of my picks as well. But Isaiah Joe, an amazing elite shooter, undoubtedly one of the best in his class. He plays decent defense because of his size, his weight especially, being 180 at 6'5". Bit on the skinnier side, so he has a bit of trouble there. But he plays well on the perimeter. He's quick. He's explosive. The one big issue I saw with his game was shot selection. Like it was referenced a lot in a lot of the profiles I read. He had the green light to pretty much go from anywhere because he really was that good of a shooter. So Arkansas pretty much just let him go. He took some very ill-advised shots sometimes in the flow of an offense. And the second knock on his game I heard was also that he was not the best passer. Like Arkansas system was very guard friendly. And he kept, I believe if I remember correctly, he had as many turnovers almost as he did assists. Uh, so not the best ball handler, but as a catch and shoot shooter, undoubtedly one of the best in this draft. It's undeniable. But still, I found myself wondering why he went, why he was projected so low. Because he is projected to be early to mid-second round. And when I was reading through his skills, I was like, what's the reason for this? This guy seems great. And I looked, I went down on one of the second to last lines of one of the draft profiles I was reading. He had a real bad knee injury in his sophomore season, which is what tanked him down a lot of draft boards. Hmm. That does concern me. That really does concern me. As anyone knows who's ever played basketball, 
Your legs are a big part to shooting. They are a big part to shooting. And I just don't know. I don't know. That's why he's a number five prospect for me, honestly, just in terms of pure game when he's healthy. I'm pretty sure I could maybe have him as high as maybe three. But with this injury, I think he's a bit more of a risk. I still love his upside and the potential he could have on our team, especially since he wouldn't have to. I feel like being on our team would minimize a lot of his weaknesses because he wouldn't have to play make. And within Doc's system, he wouldn't be allowed the green light to just take those poor shots. He would only get select shots. So I feel like a lot of his weaknesses would be minimized on our team. I just don't know what state his health is in right now. I don't know how bad that knee injury was, how well he's recovered. And that's why I have him at five. Yeah, and as as any Sixers fan knows, uh, all of our draft prospects end up getting hurt as soon as they get drafted. So <laughs> another reason to be concerned. But my number five is going to be Mississippi State small forward Robert Woodard. Um, I really like this guy. He's six foot seven, two hundred thirty pound wing, and um, you know he's got a seven foot one wingspan, so he's definitely got that length out there. And he took a tremendous leap from his freshman to sophomore year, from what I saw. So in his sophomore year, he shot forty two point nine percent from three. Um, he averaged 11.4 points per game, a steal and a block per game as well. Um, his free throw percentage, though, was just 64.1. So that is a real concern as he heads into the league because that's something that you have got to have down in today's NBA. Um, ask Ben Simmons. Um, 6.5 rebounds per game as well and 2.2 offensive rebounds per game, which is, I think, something the Sixers could really use as offensive boards and hustle on the offensive end as well um, because they didn't really have that at times last year. So in terms of just raw skills, I mean, he can guard almost any position from what I read on the defensive end. He's got really good footwork and, and can definitely use his hips or he's, he has very good uh, technique with his hips as well. So I've, I've heard a lot of good things about him on the defensive end. He allowed a 32.3% field goal percentage as a defender as well. And he gives max effort every play, which is another thing the Sixers need too. <laughs> as, as crazy as it sounds, they need max effort. Um, Transition, great at filling lanes. I mean, you're gonna, you can see right here. Um, you're gonna see on the picture I chose for Sanjay too. I mean, he's he's finishing pretty pretty hard right here, pretty emphatically. Um, fills his lane well and definitely lets the defense know when uh, when he whenever he finishes. The reason I have him at five is because the volume of threes he took was very low. So he's going to have to show that it's going to translate at a larger clip in the NBA, um, because. You know, if you're only only shooting like two to three threes a game, um, your three point percentage can look pretty nice. And also the obviously the three point line is a little bit longer in the NBA. And a lot of scouts said his three point shot was pretty rigid, too. So those are the concerns I have with him. Um, kind of like what Sanjay mentioned with Isaiah Joe, that Woodard isn't a great ball handler and a great passer. He's not very good off the dribble either. But um, as I was saying, like Sanjay said, in the Sixers system, he wouldn't necessarily be forced to do those things anyway. We just kind of need three and D guys right now, desperately. So that's why that's why I have Woodard at um at five because I really like him. Um, decided to keep him in here rather than put him at a sleeper. I just I I really think if if he can prove that those three pointers um can fall with greater if he can shoot them at with more volume and he can still make them fall at the same percentage, I think this kid's going to be really good. Um, so then moving on to my number four, we're going to kind of go in a snake order with this. Um, I have Tyrell Terry, um, point guard from Stanford, a guy who has been mocked to the Sixers in a lot of mock drafts um, this offseason. I know a lot of people are hype on him. Um, I have him at four. I, I certainly won't be mad if we get him, but 
I do think that, you know, he's got some, he's got some things to improve upon because he's a freshman and he is a very raw talent. Um, that being said, he was one of the highest graded um, in the basketball IQ um, sections of the assessment for combine and stuff like that by every, almost every, every team scouts, which is something that you can't really, you, you can measure, you know, their athletic ability and all that. But a guy with high basketball IQ will make it far in the NBA. That's just a fact. Um, he's six foot two, 160. So he's definitely doesn't have the size. I hear he's been bulking up recently, um, but he was a Pac-12 all-freshman. I mean, 14.6 points per game, 40.8% from three, um, 42% on spot-ups, which is what we need right now, and 57.9% off of screens, which I think is very important for the Sixers team if they're going to have success as shooting off of screens. Um, 89.1% free throw. We really need that key free throw shooter. Ever since JJ left, we haven't had that guy at the line, I would say, and averaging 1.4 steals per game as well. So pretty good numbers. Um, like I said, he's good at the catches and the shoot. A lot of people think that if he can bulk up, um, and kind of get a little quicker, he's going to be, he has the potential to run an offense in, in the future in the NBA, which again, with his basketball IQ, that's going to take him very far. Um, especially, you know, guy coming from Stanford, those athletes are very well known for their intelligence, very respectable, um, not much of a facilitator. So he's not really that great of a passer, but that's something he can develop with time defense eh, a little bit inconsistent. And, you know, he's got the right fundamentals, but again, the size is going to hurt him um, and not the best mid range game either. So he's really just going to be um, shooting threes early on in his NBA career. But again, with the Sixers, we just need guys who can shoot right now. We need scorers and we need guys who can at least play decent defense like him. So I certainly wouldn't mind him. Um, I'm not on high as high on um, as high on him as everyone else in the Sixers community is, but I certainly like him for sure. I just think his, his IQ and his shooting ability would really fit nicely in Doc River's system. And I'm willing to give him a shot if they do take the chance on him. So, yeah. All right, man. Jalen Smith. It's like Goggles. you said. What's up? Goggles. <laughs> Goggles, man. But, dude, those goggles are to snipe. He's got computers in there or something. Because this boy, <laughs> he is becoming – he is the prototypical unicorn. Like the unicorn stereotype that's infiltrated the NBA a lot over the recent years. He is that. At 6'10", he is a big dude, 225. He's no small guy. He's a pretty good shooter from deep range, especially considering his size and position. And the big thing to me is he's consistent about it. Like, he's not an amazing shooter. No draft profile I read said that. But he's a decent to above average shooter, and he does it consistently. And consistent three-point shooting is something our team could desperately use. Another big thing to me is, like you mentioned earlier when you were talking about Woodard, those offensive rebounds. This guy gets after it, high motor on defense and offense. He will crash the boards with great intensity, and he will get up there for you. Great finisher in the lane, too, again, because of his size. Just can get up there. And he's a great shot blocker as well, which, I mean, with Embiid, you wonder how much we really need, but it would be nice. And that's a big thing to me as to why I have Jalen Smith at four for our team. As a prospect, I think probably he deserves to be, honestly, number one on our list. And a lot of drafts have him going as pretty – a lot of drafts have them him around our area, mid-first round. Some people say maybe he could sneak to the lottery. But the issue I think have him as number four for our team is because he would have to convert to power forward. In college, he was officially listed as a center. With Embiid, that's not happening. 
you would have to learn how to stretch his game out more to the perimeter where he's been known to have a bit more trouble guarding those smaller players. Not quite the quickness on the edge that he would need if he's going to play on our team, considering that Embiid would take the inside and he would have to play closer to the edge. But outside of that, he's got a lot of positives. He doesn't have too many blatant weaknesses, I could say. Like I mentioned, perimeter defense would be a bit of an issue for him. And like passing, he's not a great passer. I believe if I remember correctly, we had like some number in the 90s of turnovers and like some number in the 50s for assists over his last year. Like not, not a great passer. That's a big hole in his game. If he gets double teamed, he could probably get stripped a lot. But my biggest issue, the reason I put him at four on my list, is mainly that perimeter defense having to convert him to a power forward role. I think he's got a lot of upside, and I honestly think he'd make a lot better fit on other teams than he would on ours. But just his raw talent and skill set is what made me happen on this list at four. And then next, we go to Robert Woodard. You already said a lot about him. Great shooter, great athlete. Like you said, a prototypical 3 and D guy, the type of player that we really do need on this team. <laughs> he's projected right now to go late first round, early second round. So he's definitely in that area of picks where we'll probably be going. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't know. This is one of those where I feel it could end up going real well. What concerns me a bit about his three-point shooting, though, which I don't know if you mentioned or not, is that his 42.9 three-point percentage in the sophomore year elevated from 27.3 in his freshman. So that shooting, a shooting difference that wide makes me, gives me a bit of flash in the pan vibes for him. I still think just because of his raw athleticism, and he did have that shooting stats, so maybe he's just grown that much. That because of his raw athleticism, his potential to be that elite three and D player that the NBA is starting to treasure so much. I think he'd be a great fit for our team and a great prospect to develop on this team. But it is mainly that big jump in three-point shooting that concerns me. I don't know whether that shooting was just a flash in the pan. And outside of that, other weaknesses, he doesn't really have a lot of them. Again, they are mostly weaknesses that would be minimized in the case of our system, such as like not really a creative passer. He can't really ball handle too great. One issue I'll say really has really gotten to me, which I saw in a few draft profiles, is a mental one. At Mississippi State, Woodard wasn't really asked to go do too much in the offense. And he was often seen passing up shots that he had. And that speaks to a bit of a deferent mentality. I'm not sure how comfortable I am with that, because especially on our team, he cannot be passing up open shots if he's getting open shots. If he has open shots, he has got to take them. That is what the NBA is. You're not going to stay out there long if you're just deferring shots because you're scared just because you want to see if you can get someone else involved. And with us, he would have to be a pure shooter as soon as he gets the ball, catch, release, no doubt. So that mentality thing is what honestly lowered him a bit on my list, but still, like I mentioned, would be a great fit for us. I think it would be really interesting to see him develop with us on this team. So because of that, I have him three. All right. Well, moving on to my third prospect, it is Emmanuel Quickly from Kentucky, a shooting guard. I was I was watching some film on this guy and looking up some scouting reports of him, and I fell in love really quickly. <laughs> um, just uh, you know, no pun intended there. <laughs> um, but yeah, this guy, I'm 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 going to be rooting for him no matter where he goes now because of 
just the talent I, I really saw with him. Um, I think it's more so I just really like his fit with the Sixers. So, um, you know, he played at Kentucky under Coach Calipari, um, 6'3", 190-pound guard, you know, a little bit smaller, not too small, though. Um, six foot 10 wingspan. And you can see him right there. He's just putting his arms out. Like the dude's got length. Um, you know, he's, he made massive, massive improvements in his sophomore year. Um, and he was the sec player of the year last year, which is not an easy thing to accomplish. So he, he put up about 16 points per game, shot 42.8 from three, um, on about 5.9 attempts per game too. So he was taking a lot of them. He had a game where he hit like eight of 10 threes against Texas A&M, I think. He's a 92.3% free throw shooter. He missed the whole year. He missed 12 free throws in 30 games, which is, is pretty amazing. Um, he averaged a steal per game on the road. He was especially good, which if anyone, if you guys know anything about the Sixers, they are awful on the road. So, um, and college environments aren't exactly the easiest places to, to play in on the road. So I'm hoping that will translate because he was 59.2% from three on the road last year. And he put up 19 points per game and a steal per game on the road as well. Um, in his last 19 games, he shot 48% from three. So this guy was getting hot before the Rona hit last year. You better believe that. Um, you know, like I said, good, good size for a position, good length. Um, he can guard multiple positions. If he gets a little bit bigger as he gets older, he'll have even more defensive versatility. Um, and this guy was considered one of the worst defenders in his freshman year. And he worked hard. He made a lot of improvements. And last year, he was considered one of the best defenders in the, in the, in the NCAA, which I don't think is just something that happens over and or, or just like as a, out of luck. I really think that's something that just develops from hard work. Um, and one thing I really like about him is he does a phenomenal job moving when he does not have the ball in his hands. And I think that's something that the Sixers, again, we need three point shooting, but I really think having a guy who can move off the ball and just take advantage of a defender's laziness like that would be just so huge for the Sixers. Um, in this type of league, he's got a really strong floater game as well. So he's not just gonna, he's not just gonna shoot from three. He was their go-to defender last year. Like I said, um, he's got great lateral quickness. He defends the pick and roll really well. Another thing that the Sixers are awful at is defending the pick and roll. And having a guy like Quickly who can defend the pick and roll efficiently, again, would just be so massive for this team. Um, and I know Sanjay's going to talk about this guy next, so I'm not taking shot, shots at Sanjay's guy. But against Jordan and Wara, I don't know if that's how you say his name, but from Louisville, um, against Quickly and Wara was two for ten with eight points and three turnovers. So quickly definitely got that defense in his bag. Um, the passing and finishing needs to improve. Um, he needs to be a better defender off the ball, but I just think with the three point shooting, the moving off the ball on offense and being able to be that go-to defender and ISO on defense, I really think that he could get significant minutes in his first year with the Sixers and just be a really nice fit with us. So I am, I am really high in this guy. I'm really excited to see where he goes, hopefully to the Sixers, because I won't be excited to see where he goes if it's not on the Sixers. But um, yeah, ideally, I think we could get him in one of those second round picks, though. Then number two, another guy who I am really high on is Desmond Bain from TCU. He's very experienced. Uh, he's a four-year player from there. And that's something I think that is valuable. Obviously, freshmen, a lot of it's freshmen and sophomores coming in the NBA today. But you know, I think these guys that are seniors are underrated because they get so much experience in college. He's a big guy, too. Six foot six, 215 pounds. 
um, from TCU, like I said. Smaller arms for his size. He has a six foot four wingspan, which is a little weird. I mean, you can see right there. His, shorter than his height. <laughs> yeah, you can see right there. His arms look pretty short. Um, so that's definitely not something I expected, but I've heard he's still able to make up for it on the defensive end. He's a two time all big 12 team player. Um, played in 141 games over his four years. So like I said, that experience could definitely be huge coming into the NBA, just make him a little more comfortable. Um, for, for his career, he shot 43.3%, um, 46% in 2017 to 2018, and 44% last year. So this guy, this guy has become just a prolific three-point shooter. Final two seasons at TCU, he put up 16 points per game, six rebounds, and a steal per game. Um, and he had a 49.5 field, field goal percentage. So the Duke can definitely, he can shoot. Um, he's a leader for them. His coach opposing, I had, I saw a quote from his opposing coach from Baylor. And this guy said that he rooted for him when he wasn't playing them because he just loved, loved the light. He gave max effort and how hard of a worker he is and how smart of a player he is as well. Um, so I really think this is a guy that, that can help the Sixers right away. Um, very, very strong catch and shoot again. Um, good off the dribble too, as well. And he can be a decent finisher, um, with his floater. He can be a three level scorer. He needs to add a little more to that mid range game. But again, with the Sixers, he doesn't need, we just need three and D that's a point. That's kind of just, we keep emphasizing over and over again, because it's true. Um, you know, he, again, he runs the pick and roll really well on both sides of the ball, offense and defense, something the Sixers again, do not do very well. Um, and again, there, you know, it's going to take time for that to translate into the NBA, but it's nice to know he has that skill in his bag. He's a pretty good passer, solid defender. He, he can't really play multiple positions on the defensive end, but he can get his man and lock him down if he asks him to, um, and fight over screens for sure. Um, you know, good anticipation on the defensive end and yeah, I'm willing to give him a shot with his, his hard work and his instincts, especially with his experience. I'm excited to see, um, if he can translate that all into the NBA, and I really think that he could help the Sixers team. Maybe not as high on him, even though I have him ranked higher. Maybe not as high on his potential like Emmanuel quickly, but I still like Desmond Bain. So, um, yeah. All right, Jason, you had to take a shot at my boy a couple <laughs> seconds ago. But these Sorry, next man. two prospects. I, I, my... do, I do like him. I wasn't. I didn't mean to take a shot at him. but My one and two prospects, though, man, I'm. these are the ones I'm really hoping for. These are the ones which – I know I really want in this draft. Like, if we get either of these guys, I'll be super excited. Although I'll admit, of the two, Jordan Awara is probably the one that we're most likely, most realistically going to be able to get. So with that being said, let me hop right into it. So I noticed here when I said he is listed for the draft as a small forward, but I do want to just clarify something. In college, he did play guard. So he does have a lot of guard skills despite being, like, listed as a forward. And then going to the stats, he's predicted – to go around the early to mid-second round, that's why I say realistically, that's probably why we will have the best chance to get him because a lot of our picks are in that area. And measurables, 6'8", 225, he is a, he's got size on it. He's got athleticism. He's got ability. This dude has a lot of the measurables that you look for when you're looking for an NBA player. And then you go to his stats, 44% field goal, decent, but this is the big one again. Obviously, you've seen it in Mine Hunter's picks now over and over. 40.2% from three. Great shooter. He's got a great scoring mentality, and he's got a great release. That's the main thing I heard. His release is apparently very quick. He's good off catch and shoot, but again, his mentality really is scorer. So that might have to get temmed in a bit 
wait if he comes to the Sixers just because we have other options that would go in ahead of him. But he's confident in his shots. He will take his shots when he gets them. And he's got a fast release for catch-and-shoot offense, which would be key to this team. He's also a pretty good slasher from what I've heard. Like, not much creativity with his drive. Or, like, he doesn't do any flashy off-ball movement. But he gets – he finds good lanes to the rim. He finds space to operate with, which in the NBA is pretty much – is very hard to come by. But, like, you can get a good slasher. Typically, you'll get a few easy buckets just off that, especially with the way that Simmons can pass the ball. He can probably work pretty well with that. Weaknesses. Again, these weaknesses will probably be minimized in our system, but he's not a great passer. He's a bit careless with the ball. Like I mentioned, not a great ball handler, not a great driver of the basketball. So he tends to get a bit careless from time to time. Leads to turnovers, not the best. But again, that'll probably be minimized. He'll probably be relegated to catch and shoot, maybe making back cuts, keeping an offense moving, keeping people in rhythm. So on that end, I think he'll fit in really well with us. I'm really, I really hope we can get him. Looking at just the way he plays some of his film, he's one of the prospects I'm definitely most realistically excited for in this draft. And now as we go to number one, man. Oh, we got, uh, we got the sleeper first. Oh, we got the sleeper first? Ooh, yeah. okay. Get to that first then. All right, dude. Cassius Winston. So I didn't go too into depth with him because obviously he is my sleeper, but just going for the general idea for him. He's a shorter guard. I believe 6'1", 6'2". I believe 6'1". Yep. I think it was 6'1". Yep, it is. On the lighter side, I believe he's 160, 170. Not a big guy. But this dude, the comparison I saw, and I love this player. So this comparison really did draw me in to put him as my sleeper. Fred Van Fleet. Mm. Like, he goes after it. He's got a motor because of his size. He's not going to be the best defender, but he's got energy. He puts effort into it. He's a great passer leading his team. Point guard, as you can see there. Michigan State. He does a great job scoring the ball, getting to all levels. Solid shooter, gets his teammates involved. The big issues really are his size. And that's pretty much it for him, honestly. With that size, I think that size really will handicap him a good bit. And the reason I have him as a sleeper for us is if he came to us, he'd have to play the backup point guard role. And I just don't know if we'd take him for that. I think he'd be an above-average backup point guard. I think he really would provide a punch coming off the bench. But I just don't think we'd take him just for that. But I'm curious to see. Look out for this guy wherever he goes in the NBA. He's a big fighter, apparently. His mentality is strong. He goes after it. Look for this guy. If you start hearing Cassius Winston's name called in the NBA later on in this year, don't be surprised. This man is after it. All right. Well, I hate to be boring, but my sleeper is the same exact person. Um, I really wanted to switch it up, but I just couldn't, man. I mean, I really like this kid. I like the Fred Van Vliet comparison that you mentioned. I didn't even think about that. Um, and I actually think that it's very accurate now that I think about it. Um, like you said, he's six foot one, 185. So definitely, you know, on the, on the smaller side, but you know, three-year starter under Tom Izzo, great basketball mind. They really liked him there. Like you said, just the mentality and the leadership and the fight. That's something you just can't take away the heart, especially from the smaller guys. Like they, those guys know they got to make up for their lack of size with that heart. And he definitely does. And I really respect that about him. I love the way he plays the game. You know, he's been an all American, all big 10 player. He's earned various awards um, throughout his time there. I mean, very accomplished player, 18 points per game over uh, last year. 
over his career, he shot 43% on over 600 three-point attempts. And, you know, he had 6.5 assists per game, a steal per game, and um, 84.5 free throw percentage, you know, pretty solid. Um, but, yeah, another guy great at the pick and roll. Again, these things that the Sixers are off lot is really, you can see we're emphasizing here, mostly three-point shooting. Um, and for me, pick and roll as well is a big thing on both sides of the, the court. Um, you know, he's a decent enough defender despite his size. Like I said, experienced player. You can just, you just get the vibe that this kid loves the game of basketball and he's a very competitive player and he's a high basketball IQ guy. So I think that's really going to take him far in the league. He's, he can be a three level scorer as well. I'm super excited to see how he does, regardless of what team he goes to. I think he's going to, like you said, I think. He's going to be a solid role player. I could really see him, like you said, developing into a Fred Van Fleet type of guy. Um, and then number one, um, so I've got Sadiq Bey. Um, pretty, uh, can I can I spoil yours, Sanjay, or no? Yeah, go ahead. We have the same guy. We both yeah. love Sadiq, man. Yeah, so I, I really have a tough time seeing us getting him. I think he's going to go higher. Some mock drafts do have him falling, though, and if that happens, the Sixers – better take advantage of it because they screwed up with Michael Bridges. I know Michael Bridges didn't turn out to be anything amazing, but I definitely would have preferred him, preferred him over Zaire Smith. You know, obviously Zaire Smith playing actually would have helped uh, my, my view on that. But um, you know, we've got another chance, another Villanova kid. We, you know, maybe we trade up a few spots if he's still available. Um, he's, he's six foot eight, 216 pounds. I mean, he's got a six eleven wingspan. All Big East player. He was nominated for the Wooden Award, which is the best player in college basketball. Um, honorable mention for the AP All-American, and he's only a sophomore. I mean, and Villanova is a team. They really emphasize three-point shooting, and this kid stepped up to the plate, 45% last year on about 5.6 uh, attempts per game. Um, not the greatest free-throw shooter, but he still shoots at about 77%. Um and the thing, the thing they talked about with him is that he could either be the main guy in the offense or he could settle into that role player uh, type of mentality as well. So being able to switch from those two is not something that's easy in any sport. And I think that's something that will really carry over in the end of the NBA. Maybe he'll develop into a really nice star player. Maybe he'll just develop into a role player and he'll be ready for either of those roles. I think he's going to contribute right away, no matter where he goes. I mean, he's got great fundamentals. He's a high energy guy, um, impressive movement off the ball. He can catch and shoot. He can shoot off the dribble. He does well with switches on defense, which is something these Sixers did awful with last year was switches on defense. Um, when they did switch, they did terrible. When they didn't switch, they did terrible. Um, and I'm hoping that's something that can get cleaned up and that Sadiq Bey could help contribute to. He's an unselfish player. He's got good recovery on defense when he does make a mistake, and he makes very few of those mistakes. He's a disciplined guy, and he guarded the perimeter really well. I, you know, any any guy who comes from Jay Wright's team, I definitely am willing to give them a shot. If the Sixers have any possibility of getting this guy, they need to go get him. So, with that said, Sanjay, why don't you give your uh, <laughs> your number one pick as well? <laughs> I got you. I got to say, man, just like. Like you, I adore this kid. I think if we have any chance to go get him. All right, sorry about that. A little bit of a disconnect in the internet connection, but getting right back to it. Don't know where I got cut off, but love this kid. 
He's such high energy. Like you mentioned, a solid defender, takes pride on both sides of the ball. Amazing shooter. Again, really, I've heard a lot of reports about how fast his release is. A really fast release. Dead-eye shooter. Scorer, leader. Like you mentioned, that ability to have that mentality of, I'm either about to go out and get buckets or I'm just going to play my role. In our backyard, too. In our backyard, he's right there. Don't whiff on this one. Don't do not whiff on this one. Even his weaknesses, once again, it seems to be a pretty common one for most of our prospects with ball handling, passing. Won't have to do a lot of that. There is some concern with his explosiveness on defense, because even though he gets after it and he puts in all that effort on that side of the ball, he is not the best athlete in terms of athleticism. So some people worry about that in the next level, especially if he has to get out on the wing like a lot of small forwards do now. Will he be able to keep up with smaller guards or faster forwards? That's a bit of an issue. But we'll see. We don't know. Maybe he does bring that up to his game in the next level. And then his intermediate to short-range game could use some work, but he's not going to have to do a lot of that for us. So, honestly, I highly adore him. If we could get him, oh, if we could get him and he has a popping-off year, maybe you might have to cop the Bay jersey, just saying. Like, it is what it is, dude. Like, this guy is great. I adore him. I can dream that we'll get him. I know we might not because he's projected to go pretty early. You mentioned some mock drafts have him falling. But looking at his skill set, frankly, I just can't buy it. I can't believe that he won't go in the lottery or at least very early in the first round. So either we're trading up to get him or he's going to get snake bits. But I adore him. I'm excited to see what he does in the NBA. All right. Well, this has been our draft preview with our top five prospects and our sleeper pick as well. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. This got me really excited for the draft, just researching some guys, even some guys I didn't end up going over, just researching them in case the Sixers maybe get them. And we're going to be live streaming um, a few picks before the Sixers. Are you still good for that, man? Yeah, I'm good. Tomorrow, okay. it's when? It's in the evening, right? It starts at 7, and I'm guessing our pick probably won't be up until like a couple hours later. But I'll definitely yeah. be in touch with you, though. Um, so, yeah, so we're, we're going to probably live stream – um, if the Sixers straight up, we'll, we'll try to get that emergency live stream going um, uh, or if anything else happens. So, yeah, we're excited to even if they don't go to the Sixers, we're excited to see those two picks leading up to the Sixers and see where they go. Um, I guess we can probably live stream during those two second round picks, too, since they're so close together. And um, those ones are definitely ones that some of our guys could follow in if you want to. So, yeah, I'm excited for that. I really enjoyed this one. Um, it's always fun when we come to draft season for any of these teams. And yeah, anything you want to say before we sign off? Not like you. I do enjoy these draft videos, doing the research on these players, seeing their stories, how they came up, what they could possibly do at the next level. And it's cool, you know, because we research these guys and then we get to see them in the league, obviously, the next year, see how they turn out. I have a lot of fun with it. I know you do too. So I really enjoy this video as well. And as always, thank you guys for supporting us and God bless you. All right, everyone. Trust the process and we will see you guys later. Peace out.